You are Locked On Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network and FanRag Sports. What's up, everybody? How's it going? My name is Patrick Zajac, your host of Locked On Angels, minor league play-by-play broadcaster and first row rider of the emotional sports roller coaster that is Angels Baseball. Welcome to your daily Angels update here on Locked On Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network and Fan Rag Sports. Good news as we come to you for this episode. Um, Finally, up on some other places besides iTunes. Um, I know most of you guys that tune into the show are subscribers on iTunes. We thank you for that. But now, a couple of more options for all you other guys who may not be on iTunes. Stitcher and Spotify. Spotify is something that I have myself listen to every single morning, every single day at the gym as well. We're up on both of those, Stitcher and Spotify, so be sure to subscribe there so you get every single episode right as we upload it to you every single morning, Monday through Friday. Uh, we upload those, schedules those to upload very early. So if you even even if you're on the East Coast, Coast, which I know some of you are, you guys get that for your daily commute there. Um, I believe 5 a.m. on the Pacific time zone here is when we release those episodes. So I uh, hope you guys have liked that. If you guys have any Comments, questions, concerns, feel free to let us know on our Twitter page at LockedOnAngels or feel free to shoot me an email, LockedOnAngels at gmail.com. That's the good news. And also, a little housekeeping, I put out a poll on Twitter a couple of days ago just comparing Mike Moustakis and Zach Kozart because I got a little bit of feedback on Twitter from you guys thinking that, oh man, Angels really messed up or, or missed out on Mike Moustakis and that and that cheap deal, the cheap one-year deal that he signed with the Kansas City Royals. So just out of curiosity, I wanted to put out a poll, even though I thought I would get the results that I ended up getting. Um, Zach Kozart or Mike Moustakis? Money being the same, let's say both three years, the same average annual value, average annual value. Who would you rather have? And not surprisingly, Zach Kozart far and away the winner, almost 90% of that vote. So kind of what I su- suspected. And we went over Mike Moustakis, his flaws as a baseball player in a previous episode. You know, the low on base percentage, high strikeout total, low athleticism, poor defense over at third base. Has really only had a couple of good seasons. Um, even last season, you know, the, the record or career record for him, output in home runs with 35 plus seemed like a little bit of an aberration. Still only worth 1.8 war. I think the Angels certainly made the right decision. Billy Epler did. And for all intents and purposes, it seemed like the rest of Major League Baseball agreed with Billy Epler's assessment of Zach Cozart versus Mike Moustakis because it doesn't seem like he got any other offer. You know, originally it was reported that the Angels made him a three-year $45 million offer. That was proven not to be true. So that Kansas City Royals one-year deal the only real offer that was ever on the table, it seems, for Mike Moustakis. I definitely think the Angels made the right move there with Zach Cozart. I'm excited to see what he can do this season. To begin today's episode, part two of our postseason half-empty cup series of reasons why the Angels will not make the playoffs in 2018. Today, 
the state of the bullpen. After yesterday, we mentioned the health concerns in the starting rotation. Today, we take a look at that bullpen. Then Wednesday, that means our Wild West Wednesday, taking a look around the division during the season. But during spring ball now, that means previewing each team ahead of 2018. Today, deep dive into the Oakland A's and why I think they can surprise some folks. Got a bold prediction for you at the end of that session as well. And lastly, more Shohei Otani talk today. Is there a chance Otani starts the season in the minors? We'll discuss a little bit to close out the show. But first, state of the bullpen. The reason why the Angels will not make the postseason in 2018. We ran through the health concerns across the starting rotation yesterday. Today, state of the bullpen all right, well, where do we start? First of all, Angels go into 2018 with no defined closer. We have a generally good idea on who the opening day closer will be, more than likely Blake Parker. A little concerning considering he's coming off the only great year of his career and has struggled mightily this spring. Now, leaving a lot of pitches out of the plate, hard contact. I believe he has a batting average against him over 400 this spring, and just hasn't quite looked like Blake Parker, at least the 2017 Parker that we saw. Now, I, I don't want to, you know, bag on the guy too much. It is spring training. Pitchers still figuring out their deliveries, arm angles, release points, you know, all of that. It's all about fine-tuning yourself on the mound and getting ready for opening day, which is about, geez, almost two weeks away now. So it's getting to crunch time here in spring ball. And if Blake Parker, let's say we've I've had other guests on this show and uh, some agree, you know, that it might be a little bit of a revolving door at closer. Mike Sosha kind of playing the matchup roles, who he likes, depending on where the opposition will be in the order where he pitches his high leverage guys. The other guys in that sort of closer competition, if you will, in addition to Blake Parker, Keenan Middleton, who had an up and down 2017, a lot of promise. That was his first full big league season. Jim Johnson, who comes over in the trade from the Atlanta Braves, struggled mightily in 2016 and 2017. So a little bit of a risk there, but Jim Johnson has looked good in spring ball. That I will give him credit for, as has Cam Bedrosian. Granted, only three innings pitched in Cactus League action this spring. Struggled with a groin injury in 2017 and never was quite the same. Certainly not up to his 2016 self. I expect him to bounce back, but... I don't know. It's it's tough. You never know how guys will back bounce back from injury. He is now, you know, a year and a half removed from that great 2016 summer. So I don't know what Cam Bedrosian, which one we're exactly going to get. And outside of those four, or I should say there's, there's a main five that Mike Sosha and Billy Epler are going to be counting on to log heavy minutes in the bullpen this season. The four I just mentioned, and Jose Alvarez, who again has looked fairly decent this spring and more than likely will be the only Angels lefty in the bullpen as well. You're asking those five guys to carry the brunt of the bullpen load. Now, I know we've brought up on this show Angels last season, bullpen-wise, fifth in wins above replacements across all bullpens in Major League Baseball. Pretty damn good, if I may say so myself. But again, there's just a lot of question marks here. Blake Parker, does he regain that same sort of moxie, that same sort of success that he had in 2017. Only one year, yes, promising, 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 promising for sure. Can't argue with that. Fantastic 2017 was the main cog of that fifth wins above replacement overall bullpen. But 
Can he repeat that? You know, there's a reason why this guy was jumping around the waiver wire ahead of 2017. Great find by Billy Epler, but we'll see if that consistency finds Parker two years in a row. Keenan Middleton, a lot of promise, fastball up in the upper 90s. The one true fireballer that the Angels have in the bullpen, or at least projected to have as of right now, projected to be a closer down the line. Can he put it together in back-to-back seasons? A very up-and-down spring so far. Had some good outings, had some bad ones. The one thing I will say is Keenan Middleton has done fantastic when entering ball games with runners already on base. I think that's the that's the role that you'll see Mike Sosha use Middleton in to start the year at least. Jim Johnson, I mean, was a great closer in 2011, 2012, an all-star closer, one of the best relievers in all of baseball, but getting up there in age, coming off two bad seasons, looked decent this spring, but can you really count on Jim Johnson to get that ERA even in a sub-4-5 area? I don't know. There's a big question mark there. And Cam Bedrosian, again, the injury concern, and can he find his 2016 form? The potential's always been there, but I feel like Cam Bedrosian hasn't really ever put it together. Big question marks for those four guys. Jose Alvarez, I think he'll be consistent. You know, expect an ERA in the high threes, just under four. Like I said, the only lefty, so Angels will match him up nicely. He'll be consistent. He's a proven veteran. And then you need two more guys to fill out that back end of the bullpen. Do you throw in a Parker Bridwell who doesn't make the rotation but can be a multi-inning guy. Blake Wood, he hasn't looked good this spring. No Ramirez. Got some time at the end of 2017 with the Angels. Very unproven commodity. Had success here and there in 2017, but man, large unknown there. Other guys in the mix, the Rule 5 pick, Luke Bard. Started out spring well enough, but has struggled mightily with his command as of late. Ian Kroll, been decent. Not a great spring, not a bad spring by any stretch. Felix Pena, we talked about on this show back on Tuesday's episode in our prospect watch. Felix Pena, 10 strikeouts in six innings this spring. He's played himself into that bullpen conversation, but not much big league experience there. Can he get it done when the games start to matter? Great spring. We always hear about these great springs, but there's a reason why these guys haven't stuck around at the big league level before. John Lamb also in the mix. There's just question marks all around this bullpen. And while, yes, coming off a great 2017, a very overlooked 2017, I don't think people realized how good the Angels' bullpen was as a whole. I think the peripherals, or at least the eye test, it didn't feel like they did, which is where that sort of, I don't want to say pessimism comes from, but there's a lot of question marks. You just don't know. And that's why, without that certainty, you don't have... You know, the years of experience and consistency and success to back it up for 80 to 90% of the guys in the bullpen. And that is why it's a major concern. Same thing same thing with the health of the starting rotation and that those guys haven't proven to be healthy over the course of an entire season. You haven't had the consistent success year to year of these bullpen guys for the Angels. And I think that's absolutely fair to say. And while I think, yes, they can absolutely be successful, I think it's a little far-fetched to expect that this season. Big question, Mark, and why? I think it's a great reason why the Angels won't make the playoffs in 2018. As easily as I could see them having great success and following up a great 2017 with an even better 2018, as with the starting rotation, I can see it blow up in Mike Sosha and Billy Epler's face and them having to scramble for arms 
in the middle of the season. Coming up next, it's Wild West Wednesday, our weekly look around the division. Since the regular season hasn't started, we'll continue our preview series of each team in the AL West. Already cover the Houston Astros, so today, take a trip up north to Northern California discussing the Oakland A's. But first, you want to sponsor this show or know someone that might, hit us up at LockedOnAngels on Twitter, LockedOnAngels at gmail.com. Rates are always reasonable. And also, now you can log on to 714 Tickets for your Angels baseball tickets this season. Single games already on sale. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 10% off your entire order. It's that easy. Enter that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, 10% off on 714 Tickets. Use it, use it, use it. And if you know someone that wants to sponsor the show, hit us up. Rates are reasonable. Love to work with a local sponsor in the Orange County area. Coming up before the end of the show, we'll discuss Shohei Otani and the possibility of him beginning the season in the minors. Far-fetched? Maybe. We'll discuss later, but first, Wild West Wednesday. Today, looking at the Oakland A's. Now, before I start, I think a lot of us fans just have written off the Oakland A's this season. I think we're penciling him, penciling him in to finish fourth or dead last in the division, only behind or ahead of, I should say, the Texas Rangers. Fangraphs who you know we use for projections and advanced stats and analytics heavily on this show. I think they do a fantastic job. Projections for 2018 have the A's closer than you might think. Projected win totals on fan graphs. Now, they have the Astros in the upper 90s, so I'm not going to touch on them. But the other four teams in the division, they have the Angels at 84 wins, Mariners at 81, the A's at 80 and the Texas Rangers at 78. Just six wins separating second from last in the division. And the A's just four games back of the Angels. A big reason for that, the two Mats on the corner of the infield. Matt Olson and Matt Chapman. Matt Olson, just 23 years of age, got the call up last season. In 59 games in 2017, Matt Olson accrued a 2.8 wins above replacement. Hit 259 with a 352 on base percentage and OPS over a thousand. That's Mike Trout territory. 24 home runs in those 59 games. Average that out, man. Times two and a half. This dude was on pace to hit 60 home runs. Now that would be a torrid pace if he kept that up, but I'm not on pace guy. I, I swear, I, I'm not. I don't claim to be the on pace guy, but he was on pace for 60 home runs. No joke. Look it up. 24 home runs in 59 games, 2.8 WAR, which accrues out to about a seven WAR, or roughly Andrelton Simmons last season, who finished top 10 in AL MVP voting. That's the kind of talent Matt Olson has. Oh yeah, and he's only 23 years of age. Matt Chapman, third baseman for the A's, another young guy. First full season, or it wasn't even a full season, first extended look at the big leagues last year. 3.6 war in 84 games. Only hit 234, but did have an OPS plus of 110. 10% better than the average hitter. Times that by two, his wins above replacement on the season could have been hovering right around seven. Those are two dudes in the middle of your lineup. Especially Matt Olson. I am big on Matt Olson. I think he's going to be a big angel killer this season. The, angel, the A's have something going this season. And it's not only that. Keep in mind, they signed Jonathan Lucroy to be the stalwart behind the plate. Veteran presence, solid with the bat. I'll concede more than likely a trade candidate at the deadline for the A's to get some prospects in return. 
think Oakland certainly they're not they're not shy about doing that trading veterans at the deadline especially if they're out of the race but call me crazy this a squad could creep in much like the twins did last year pitching is the main concern when it comes to the ace yeah Kendall Graveman Sean Manea at the top of the rotation after that a lot of unproven young guys Chris Davis can still mash at the plate projected a above two war two wins above replacement hit the ball out of the ballpark not much else strikes out a lot but there's a lot to like about the Oakland Athletics and I will say this bold prediction time you ready I'm not one for bold predictions here's really the first one that I got for you on the season the A's finish ahead of the Mariners in the AL West the A's finish third in the AL West in my estimation I think they're going to sneak up on a lot of teams I like Kendall Graveman and Sean Manea a lot of question marks the rest of the rotation but Matt Olson and Matt Champin I think are for real especially Matt Olson just 59 games the production was absurd last year and largely went unnoticed because the A's had a lost season last year. But man, whew, there's a lot to like about that Oakland team. I'll give them that. And not a lot of hype surrounding them. Keep an eye out for the A's. Don't discredit them. I truly think that they'll finish ahead of definitely Texas and finish just ahead of Seattle. You saw the projections. It has them right there in the mix. Six games separating second from fifth. They're projected just four wins behind the Angels. And that's with all the additions and moves that the Angels have made to get better in the offseason. The A's? Lying in the weeds. They can sneak up on people. Keep an eye on them. Those are, that's what I think. The two mats in the corners. Enviable, enviable first and third baseman. Coming up next, could Shohei Otani start the season in the minors? Well, simply put, I it's a possibility. I wouldn't put it at any more than 5 to 10%. The reason being, again, some of the reasons we went through yesterday and some of the possible disdain and everyone looking at Shohei Otani's spring training statistics and his at-bats and appearances on the mound with a very close eye. Dude's 23 years old, playing in the U.S. for the first time ever, coming off a very injury-riddled 2017 in the Japanese League. And again, attempting something that hasn't really been attempted in our generation. We speculate that maybe that's the cause for the disdain and a little jealousy, quite frankly, on guys studying Shohei Otani, especially outside the Angels market and national publications. And what's given them this sort of fire is his performances so far. Two for 18 at the plate in Cactus League action. Struggled on the mound in his last couple starts, giving up six runs to the Tijuana Toros before the weekend. So it hasn't been there quite yet. Angels had an intra-squad scrimmage on Tuesday afternoon since they didn't have any Cactus League games scheduled. Went two for eight in the inter-squad scrimmage. And interesting to note, you know, against the right-handed Nick Tropiano, had a double, single, and a hard line drive out, hit right at the third baseman. Against the left-handed Tyler Skaggs, three strikeouts and didn't put the ball in play against Tyler Skaggs. So something to monitor, move forward. Do the Angels have to sort of play it cool as far as a righty-lefty or lefty-lefty matchup, depending on the scheduled starters over the course of the season, if Otani struggles against lefties? One of the big reasons why I see that this is even a conversation is, you know, the ability for the Angels to gain another year of control. You sit or you send Shohei Otani down for the two weeks, first two weeks of the season, gain an extra year of control. 
It sucks for Otani, but it's a smart front office move. We've seen it done before with guys like Chris Bryant with the Chicago Cubs to get that extra year of team control. Now, I don't think it happens. I ultimately do not think this happens. I think that's the main driver in why it's even been brought up and his struggles, of course. But a ton of guys struggle in spring. It's spring ball. Seeing live pitching, throwing to live hitters for the first time in a few months. Guys just aren't ready to compete yet. We're still only two or three weeks into spring training and playing games against each other. The big one, I think, is going to be Friday. Shohei Otani scheduled to start against the Colorado Rockies. I think he can do a lot for himself in the eyes of the media covering the team, and it's been an absolute media storm in Tempe. If he has a successful or at least a decent outing, it'll quell some of those concerns and put out the fire a little bit. That is calling already Shohei Otani a bust. Maybe not bust. That might have been a little hyperbole. But at least raising some serious concerns about his ability to go both ways this season. Unfounded as it may be, maybe a little ridiculous in my opinion, it's there. I think he can do it. Spring training isn't going to sway me otherwise. A month, two months into the season, we'll see. We'll know a little bit more. The games will matter. Guys will be going 100% each and every night. They won't exactly be figuring things out. The projections are kind to Shohei Otani on both sides, in my opinion. But projections are just that, projections. Until you get out there and show what you can do in games that matter in the regular season, we'll see. That's going to do it, folks, for today's episode. Coming up on tomorrow's show, part three of our Glass Half Empty series on why the Angels will not make the postseason as well, as well, as well, as our Gear Grinder Thursday, where I get to share what has me on edge this week. Well, guys, I'm Patrick Zajac. You can find me at other Pat Zajac on Twitter. Be sure to subscribe, follow us, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play coming very, very soon. I probably, it's, it's literally any minute at this point. All updates regarding the show, Twitter page at LockedOnAngels, website LockedOnAngels.com. That's a part of FanRag Sports. Questions, comments, anything, email us, LockedOnAngels at gmail.com. Have a happy hump day, everybody. Peace.